Welcome to the Tabletop Sportcast with your host, James Cast. This podcast is dedicated to my favorite hobby, tabletop sports. I'll review Game is My Collection, discuss how I approach different projects, and even recap the latest games from my tabletop. Have questions, thoughts, or feedback? Feel free to reach me at tabletopsportcast at gmail.com. Today's episode is going to be a special broadcast from my tabletop. I will be recapping the doubleheader from the 1940 American League mini replay. These are from the games of September 15th, and the doubleheader will be Boston Red Sox at the Chicago White Sox. So sit back and we'll recap how those two games took place. So before we get into game one, I'll just go over a couple of things on how I am performing this replay. This was to decide the stretch run in the American League for 1940. The race was pretty close when I started this on on the date of September 11th. And I'm basically playing all the games, rolling them all out using History Maker Baseball. As long as the two teams, or at least one of the two teams, is a team that's still in contention for the American League ground. These games from September 15th, this was a doubleheader between the Red Sox and the White Sox. For game one, the pitching matchup was Joe Heving was going to be the starter for the Red Sox, and Hall of Famer Ted Lyons was starting for the White Sox. Coming into the game... The Red Sox were on a four-game losing streak in the replay, and the White Sox were on a six-game winning streak, so two teams heading in different directions. I'm also trying to assign hot and cold batters based on how they actually performed in that game in real life. Now, this was a game that the White Sox actually, in real life, won 5-1. to For the Red Sox... They didn't do much against Ted Lyons. Ted Williams did go two for three, so he's going to be the hot batter for the Red Sox. And they only had three hits total, so Cronin was the only other guy that got a hit, but we gave the cold batter to the leadoff batter, Dom DiMaggio, who also had one of the only two strikeouts for the Red Sox. On the White Sox side, the hot batter was going to be Moose Salters, uh, Moose Salters had a big um, double in this game, drove in two runs, went two for four. So we gave him the hot batter for this game. The cold batter for the White Sox was going to be Larry Rosenthal, who went 0 for 4 uh, with a strikeout. He did drive in a run, but he's going to be the cold batter for this game. The other thing I do is I look at the starting pitchers and figure out how they actually um, performed in the game, how deep did they go in the game, and that's how I determine what their stamina is going to look like. So for Joe Heving, who only really went 3.1 innings in this game, he is going to be fresh for two innings, semi-fresh for three. And then for Ted Lyons, who went the distance, he gets five fresh innings and three semi-fresh. So let's recap how the game went. First and foremost, uh, the Red Sox led off. Um, they basically got they did get a runner in scoring position. Doc Kramer doubled and then moved to third base on a Joe Cronin ground out with, and that was the second out. And then Jimmy Fox grounded out to end the inning. 
Uh, for the White Sox, they actually went one, two, three in the first inning. Second inning saw the Red Sox go down one, two, three. Um, two strikeouts for Lions in the inning. He struck out Bobby Doer and Charlie Gelbert. In the bottom of the second, the White Sox again went down one, two, three. Having picked up his first strikeout of the game, striking out Larry Rosenthal. In the third inning, the Red Sox got a leadoff walk from Johnny Peacock, the catcher. Having then sacrificed him over to second base, he advanced to third base on a ground out by DiMaggio, but then was stranded when Doc Kramer also grounded out. So still no score through two and a half. In the bottom of the third, the White Sox again went down one, two, three, with Ted Lyons striking out to end the third, and Joe Heving was perfect through three. Fourth inning, the uh, Red Sox up. Joe Cronin flew out to the left to open the inning. Jimmy Fox then drew a walk. Williams followed with a single, so it was now first and second with one out. And then Bobby Doerr hit a three-run home run to put the Red Sox up three to nothing. The rest of the inning went pretty much with Charlie Gelbert getting a single and then getting stranded after a couple of ground outs. In the bottom of the fourth, the White Sox got two quick outs, so that gave having 11 straight, retired, and then Joe Kewell singled with two outs, but then was stranded when Moose Salters lined out to the shortstop. As we went to the fifth inning, the Red Sox went down 1-2-3 in the fifth. Dom DiMaggio struck out to lead off the inning. Bottom of the fifth, Luke Appling led off with a single. He then advanced to second on a ground out by Rosenthal, advanced to third on a Mike Krivich single. So with runners on first and third, looked like the White Sox finally had something going against Joe Heving. But then Bob Kennedy lined out to Charlie Gelbert, who was able to complete the unassisted double play, getting the runner out at third, and that ended the fifth. So... At through five, Red Sox up three to nothing. In the sixth inning, Jimmy Fox led off with a single and basically was stranded after that um, with a ground out, pop out, and another ground out. Went to the bottom of six, and despite a one-out walk for Skeeter Webb, the White Sox basically got nothing going there. So through six... Game still 3-0 in favor of the Red Sox. In the seventh, top of the seventh, with Lions still in the game, the Red Sox went down 1-2-3. Bottom of the seventh, Luke Solters led off with a single. Luke Appling then flew out to center. Larry Rosenthal then doubled, putting runners at second and third. Now, at this point, Joe Heving was beyond his stamina, and the Red Sox decided to pull him. And they brought in a relief pitcher, which was 
Mickey Harris. So Mickey Harris entered with runners on second and third and one out. He surrendered a single immediately to Mike Krivich, which plated the first run of the game. Actually, the first two runs. Both runners scored on that single. So this was now a 3-2 to two game. And then Harris was able to retire Bob Kennedy on a line out. And with now two outs and a runner on first, the... White Sox decided to stick with Lyons, who's one of their better pitchers, and he ended up grounding out the shortstop. So through seven, score was now three to two, and the White Sox were hoping that now that they were into the Boston bullpen that they'd be able to get something going. So we go to the eighth inning now. Doc Kramer led off the inning with a single, and then Joe Cronin reached on an error by Luke Appling. So with runners at first and second, Looked like Boston might be able to pad the lead again. Jimmy Fox then grounded into a 6-4-3 double play, and Ted Williams popped out to the second baseman, and that ended the eighth. So still 3-2 to two in favor of Boston. Bottom of eight. Skeeter Webb was hit by a pitch to lead off the inning against Harris. Mike Tresh then grounded to shortstop which advanced Webb to second base. Joe Kuehl singled. Webb was able to get to third, but wasn't able to score. And then Moose Salters, with runners on first and third and one out, hit into a 5-4-3 double play to end the inning. So through eight innings, still 3-2 to two in favor of Boston. In the ninth inning, Lyons still on the mound. Bobby Doer singled. Charlie Gelbert singled. So right away, it was first and second once again for the Red Sox with nobody out. Johnny Peacock then popped up to the first baseman. The Red Sox decided to pinch hit for Mickey Harris with Jim Tabor. Tabor hit into a 5-4-3 double play, and that ended their ninth inning. The Red Sox went into the ninth inning, needing a new pitcher. They turned to their closer, Jack Wilson. Wilson gave up a single immediately to Luke Appling, who then promptly stole second base. So Appling was on second base with nobody out. Larry Rosenthal then struck out. There was one down. Mike Krivich grounded to the third baseman. Two down. And then finally, Bob Kennedy ended the inning with another ground out to the third baseman, and that was it. So game one of the doubleheader ended with Boston winning 3-2. to two. Joe Heaven got the win. Mickey Harris got a hold. And Jack Wilson earned the save with Ted Lyons taking the loss. Final line of the game, Boston, three runs, eight hits, no errors. The White Sox, Chicago. Two runs, eight hits, and one error. And in just a minute, we will bring you game two. All right, so let's talk about game two of the doubleheader now. And in real life for this game, the White Sox came out on top four to two. The starting pitchers, Bill Fleming, started for the Boston Red Sox. And Johnny Rigney was the starting pitcher for the Chicago White Sox. Fleming went seven innings in the actual game. He got 
four fresh innings and three semi-fresh innings for this start. And Johnny Rigney actually went 10 innings as this game went into extra innings in real life. So he got the five fresh innings and three semi-fresh innings. For the Boston Red Sox, the hot batter was once again Ted Williams, who went one for three with a run scored and a walk in real life. And then the cold batter was Charlie Gelbert, who went 0 for 4 with two strikeouts in the actual game two of that doubleheader. For the White Sox, the hot batter for this game was going to be Joe Kuehl. Kuehl ended up going 2 for 4 in the real game with a home run, two RBIs, and a walk. And the cold batter was going to be Skeeter Webb, who went 1 for 5 in the game. Um, in the actual game that day, the White Sox had every single starter get at least one hit. So here we are now. And, of course, like the winning streaks, both teams snapped their streaks with game one. So the Red Sox now are on a one-game winning streak. The White Sox on a one-game losing streak. Both teams were semi-harmonic for this game. And let's recap game two. So the Red Sox got started right away. Dom DiMaggio singled to lead off the game. He then advanced, uh, was eliminated on a fielder's choice. Doc Kramer grounding out to second, and they got the force out. Joe Cronin then came up and hit a double, which put runners at second and third with one out. Jimmy Fox grounded out to second base, but it was good enough to get a run home and the Red Sox went up on top, one to nothing. Ted Williams then lined out to end the first. In the bottom of the first, the White Sox, Skeeter Webb led off with a single. Tom Turner, catcher, followed with a single, and it was now first and second, nobody out. Joe Kewell then delivered a big double, and it scored both runners, so the White Sox jumped out in front, two to nothing. Moose Salters hit a comebacker that Fleming was unable to field, and it went down as an error on the pitcher. So we had runners at first and third, still nobody out. Luke Appling then delivered a single. That brought home the third run. They were now up 3-1, to one, the White Sox, and still nobody out with runners on first and second. Larry Rosenthal walked to load the bases. Mike Krivich then got an infield single. This was a close play at first base, but the umpire ruled him safe. And that brought home another run. So it was now four to nothing in favor of the White Sox. Still nobody out in the first inning as Bob Kennedy came to the plate as the eighth batter. He hit a single to center that was then bobbled by Dom DiMaggio. Kennedy was able to streak into second base and... Two runs ended up scoring. And by the time that inning was over, well, actually, after Bob Kennedy, that was enough for Fleming. He was pulled, and the Red Sox turned instead to um, Dickman to take over. He got, the, he got Johnny Rigney on a ground out to shortstop. Skeeter Webb who was now the 10th batter of the inning as the White Sox had batted around now, 
uh, also grounded out to shortstop. And Tom Turner um, then struck out to end the first. And I should mention, too, that Dickman did throw a wild pitch that allowed another run to score. So after one, and that came uh, in Rigney's at bat, by the way. So after one, the White Sox were up seven to one. So we went to the second inning. And Rigney came out even after that long time at bat and got a one, two, three inning, striking out Charlie Gilbert for the second out in that inning. So the Red Sox go down quietly in the second. Go to the bottom of the second. So Joe Q will let off with a ground out to the first baseman who tossed it to Dickman for the out. One away. Moose Salters then came up and hit a double. Luke Appling followed with a double of his own, and quickly another run was in. Larry Rosenthal then singled. We had runners on first and third with just one out. Mike Krevich singled for his second hit of the game, and it, it was another run scoring his second RBI. Bob Kennedy then singled, driving in yet another run. And then Johnny Rigney came up and hit a double that brought in yet another run. So all this happening with just one out. Skeeter Webb then came up. He got hit by a pitch to load the bases. And that's when Tom Turner stepped up and hit a grand slam. And that was it for Dickman. So despite trying, the... Red Sox had to go to a third pitcher to close out the second inning. They were already down 15-1. to Uh, Luckily for them, uh, Wagner came in and got two quick outs of Kewell and Salters to end the second inning. And that's pretty much the rest of the scoring. I will throw in a couple of quick highlights here that, uh, or at least a couple mentions. Johnny Rigney. Ended up pretty much staying out of trouble the entire game. Um, he only gave up a couple of hits. In fact, Boston finished with just five hits in the game. Um, there was a couple of great plays by Rigney during this game as well, uh, and that helped keep the Red Sox off the board. And, and one of the big plays came in the seventh inning. Not that the game was really in any doubt at this point, but um, after two quick outs, um, Rigney gave up a double in the seventh to um, the – was it Tabor at this point? I think it was. Yeah, Jim Tabor doubled with two outs in the seventh. Dom DiMaggio then drew a walk, and then it was a – line drive right up the middle that was snatched by Rigney to end the inning. So that was one of the uh, big plays that he made in that game. But pretty much this one was never in doubt after the second inning. So 15-1 to final in the second for Chicago. Um, Final lines. uh, So first off, Fleming obviously takes the loss, and Rigney goes the distance. He He gets the win. Final line for Boston was one run, five hits. Three errors for the White Sox, 15 runs, 16 hits, and no errors. 
So when all was said and done, this was ended up being a split. So the White Sox, despite having swept the doubleheader in real life, had to settle for a split here. And here's the standings for this American League replay after the games of September 15th. The White Sox finish now, or, or at that point, are now 77 and 65. They are seven games behind Cleveland, who are in first place at 83 and 57. Boston is now 74 and 67. They are nine and a half games out with only 13 games left to play. So they are on the brink of elimination and could be facing that in the next couple days. The other teams in the standings. So Cleveland, of course, in first place. Detroit at 80 and 60 is in second place, three games behind Cleveland. The Yankees are 77 and 62. So they've played fewer games than the White Sox. They are only five and a half out. The rest of the teams have already been eliminated. So the Washington Washington is 60 and 80, uh, 23 games out. St. Louis is 59 and 83. They are 25 games out. Uh, and Philadelphia is 50 and 86, and they are 31 games out. So it's September 15th. We've completed now the games of September 15th. Boston getting a win in game one of that doubleheader. The White Sox taking game two of that doubleheader. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Still 13 days left in the season. The season will end on September 29th in 1940. And we're basically playing this out to see who has the right to face the Cincinnati Reds in the World Series. So will it be an all-Ohio finish with Cleveland coming out on top? Or will Detroit make up this three-game deficit? Uh, and win the American League just like they did? Or will there be a surprise team? Can the Yankees, the White Sox, or the Red Sox make a huge comeback here and take the American League crown? So appreciate you listening in. That's pretty much my show for today. On Sunday's show, I will be doing a recap of my King of the Ice Mountain tournament, talking about a new game that I picked up this week. And giving you a recap of everything that's been going on in my tabletop. So I appreciate you listening and hope to have you listening in future episodes too. Thanks.